All right, guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is February 9th, 2022. All right, welcome to today's show. Today's show is brought to you by Maker's Mark Bourbon. That's right. Get you a big old bottle of some Maker's Mark Bourbon straight out of the great state of Kentucky. Enjoy a tall glass tonight. All right. Um, yeah, topics for today. I got a bunch of stuff to talk about. I just want to say this before I go into that. I, I appreciate everybody downloading the series that I did, the three-part series over the last three Sundays. The, um, the rise and fall of the great empires, right? There was part one, two, and three. If you haven't listened to it yet, guys, I, I encourage you guys to do so. Um, I believe personally it was the best thing ever on podcasting, but that's just me. <laughs> you guys check it out for yourself and let me know. And um, while you're listening and you like it, make sure you share that with your friends. Let them know we're on all podcast apps that are available with the exception of Pandora. And like we say here at DTOM, fuck Pandora, right? But you know, just make sure if, if you're on an Apple device and you have a friend they're on an Android device, that's fine. We're on Google Play. We're on we're on uh, Apple iP- uh, Podcast. We're on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, uh, Amazon Podcast. Uh, if I'm leaving anyone out, I'm sorry, but you could find us. So please check us out. Share this with your friends. And uh, don't forget to go to our website, don'ttreadonamerica.com. Please subscribe. It's free. Um. And you can get updates from the show. You get different uh, articles I post on there. And also you can touch on all of the social media platforms, i.e. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I need to put a link on there for the Getter account because I started a Getter account. And I need to get better at being on Getter. (laughs) But nonetheless. Anyway, topics for today are... That's right, guys. It's that time again. It's that time for a new COVID strain. We've gone way too long without a new COVID strain. So um, it's that time again. I'm going to talk about that. And then I'm going to touch on the Freedom Convoy up in Canada. I mean, this isn't breaking news, guys. Obviously, you've heard about that, but I just got a few things I want to talk about there. And then also on the Joe Rogan controversy, a couple of things, my takes on on that, like I said, I don't really listen to a whole lot of Joe Rogan, but obviously it's in the news, so I want to touch on that. And then uh, good news for people in the inner cities across this country. Um, Biden administration has approved some money for you guys for a, a program that he's, uh, him and the uh, the uh, health department, HHS, is, uh, is giving you all some money for some things there. We'll talk about that. And then a section that I think I'm going to start talking about here. And I'm just labeling it uh, Made in China. That's right. And uh, I think it'll be something interesting to talk about. Because obviously with the Olympics failing in China. And uh, everyone kind of talking about the whole situation from the Olympics to the human rights persecutions and everything else. I just got a few things that I got to get off my chest about China. That's right. All right, guys. First story of the day. That's right. New COVID subvariant cases found in Florida. 
So now this is out of Palm Beach County, Florida, down south side of, uh, of the state here. Very interesting. This popped up on my phone the other day, and I was like, here we go, right? Got to gotta have it every, every couple of weeks. I've told you six to eight weeks, you're going to get a new strain of some sort because we've got to push the narrative. I mean, two plus years into this situation, and we haven't learned that it is what it is, right? Anyway, so new cases of COVID-19 subvariant. So now we have variants, subvariants. And they're just strains, folks. They're just different levels of, of illness. Have been found in Florida, of course, right? According to an infectious disease expert, according to a report by WPBF, eight people have been f- infected with the stealth Om- Omicron. It's, it's being called Stealth Omicron because med- medical experts say it's difficult to detect. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, infectious disease expert Dr. Larry Bush of Palm Beach County said the subvariant is more contagious but does not create more severe symptoms than the main Omicron variant. Uh, so why in the fuck is this a story? It's more contagious but not as severe. Okay. Bush said that while a new surge could be possible due to the subvariant's greater transmissibility, vaccines still provide protection against the virus. Of course they do. We still have a third of the country who has not been vaccinated, and probably are a large part of the country who has not been part, uh, naturally infected, so we probably see an uptick. Once again, not much to the story other than what I just told you. It's a stealth Omicron, not any worse than it was before. I think the whole point, in my personal opinion, of the story is that line right there. We still have a third of the country who has not been vaccinated. And probably a large part of the country has not been naturally infected. So we will probably see another uptick. Oh my God. In other words, folks, go get vaccinated. Or don't, because obviously they don't work. All right. And then an interesting part off of that. Uh, Poison control centers are urging people to use at-home COVID tests safely. And you want to know why? Because it contains a poisonous chemical called sodium azide. So I don't know if you guys have taken a COVID test, whether it be at home or at the doctor's office. I think they're all basically the same. They take a um, nasal swab, right? And you rub it around in your nose. And... um, you stick it in the situation, and, uh, you know, it comes up with the test. So now um, Americans begin receiving um, their uh, three, their four free at-home COVID tests from the government. Poison controls are nation, uh, nationwide are warning people to be as careful as possible with those testing kits, particularly if they're in a household with small children. The at-home tests, which are technically known as antigen tests, seem innocent enough. But each typically contains a nasal swab, an extraction vial, and a testing card. But it's the liquid that's in the testing vial that experts are warning about. The liquid is most in most vials, a.k.a. region, is poisonous. The Virginia Poison <laughs> Control Center tweeted recently, Though the center went on to say that the liquid in the at-home testing vials is not usually enough to cause an accidental poisoning, it's still urged for those who are exposed to liquid to call their poison control center for assistance. So in other words, these these COVID tests 
that were that the government so graciously purchased for the American people that are being shipped to your house, which, mind you, are, what, three or four weeks behind on top of that. People are still, that feel the need to have these in their house are still having to go to their local drugstore or whatever to buy these at $27 a pop. But in the meantime, Biden promised to get them to you. And they're late coming from the manufacturer. Oh, China. That's right. That's China's making them. Hmm, sugar water. Anyway, if you have these in your house, please be careful and uh, keep them away from the kids so they don't get poisoned. Or don't have them in the test and don't be a pussy if you get the sniffles. All right. <laughs> I told you I'm going to roll through these fast because I got a big chunk at the end here. Next story is the Freedom Convoy of 2022. Of course, now we've all heard about this. This isn't news. This isn't breaking news. Out of Canada, we've seen that approximately 70,000. This is crazy. I got to admit, I couldn't imagine living in Ottawa, Canada, Ontario right now. This got to be crazy. Approximately 70,000 registered truckers have descended upon Ottawa, Ontario, the nation's capital in protest of all COVID mandates with around 19,000 trucks from the U.S. and many more convoys still underway. They are here to stay until all the mandates have been removed. Thank you, Mr. Computer, for that. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about this, I, I don't want to go into press conferences and whatnot. It says, uh, <laughs> well, this is interesting. So they, they did a press conference um, the other day, and it says organizers say they have enough funds to stay in that city doing what they're doing for two to four years. And that's pretty crazy. If you guys have watched any of the news about this, um, they've built, they basically did what the uh, Nimrods in Seattle did with the Chaz. You know, they kind of built their own little tent town. You know, they're, they're building structures. I would say the difference between this and that is this is for a cause whereas the Chaz situation in Seattle was for no cause. <laughs> but uh, the truckers and farmers have been using or have been our unsung heroes until now. Without them, Canada would have starved. And it's true. And, and this is a Canadian story, obviously. And I'm going to go into a part about America. But much like America, much like a lot of places around the world, the truckers... And farmers, and even if you want to even put uh, healthcare workers and whatnot into the same category, were when all this shit went down back in March of 20, you know, these were the people, you know, I have a job, my wife's job, we're considered uh, essential workers, right? So your truck drivers, your farmers, people that work in retail and do various jobs of such are considered your your essential workers. So back when all this shit was going on, or initially started, I should say, it's still going on, they were vital to this country, to every country, not just United States, but obviously Canada and, uh, and around the world. And um, now we're so, you know, we have such a hard-on for mandates and vaccine mandates and 
mask mandates and all these mandates and you have to do this and you have to do that. And I'm not just talking about in this country because this situation here is Canada. To, to Canada's credit, they were the first country to do this. Now, since then, I've seen videos in Germany. I've seen videos in the Netherlands. So this isn't in an American thing. This is a world thing. And I've been saying this for months. This isn't an American issue. This whole mandate thing. The one thing that's helped us in this country is is that what they call the pesky document, the the uh, you know that Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, those things that enabled us to be free people. That Biden said the other day that no con- no amendment is you know absolute whatever. The thing about that is, the rest of the world wants that same freedom, and we're still dealing with the bullshit in this country. Now, obviously, we've seen situations where four states yesterday have lifted their their mask mandates for children and, and their vaccine requirements and whatnot. But, um, I, and those are democratic States. Obviously a lot of the country has been doing that. This is, uh, more vital. Cause I think I saw it was, uh, Oregon, New Jersey, uh, shit. I don't remember the other two, but nonetheless there was four. And then there's like 10 or 12 other States that are considering doing the same, except for California. I think they're doubling down anyway. So, it's very good movement. I'm sure you guys heard situations where the Gold GoFundMe there was like ten million dollars. I think it was ten million Canadian. I think it comes out to like eight million American. But nonetheless, that had been donated to GoFundMe to their group, and of course GoFundMe stopped it and refunded the money or whatever. But um, then now there's a new um, funding thing. I can't. I think it's Go Give Get or something like that. Go Get Give something website um that they're earning money on that but nonetheless it wasn't until the governor of the united states aka ronnie double d desantis stepped in along with other lawmakers and they're getting the money back because initially um gofundme was just going to redistribute the money amongst other organizations and uh you know they call a little bullshit on that but anyway the interesting thing is now america a little late to the party but American truckers plan a convoy to uh, D.C. to protest uh, vaccine mandates also. Thousands of American truckers plan to take part in a nationwide convoy to protest COVID-19 vaccine mandates. U.S. truckers are planning the convoy after 50,000 Canadian truckers, which is we now know is 70. Well, 50,000, I guess, if you add the 20,000 American truckers, but nonetheless. According to the Facebook group, Convoy to D.C. 22 created... Um, to organize the protest, the uh, truckers describe themselves as part of many of a large group who believe in our founding fathers. The group has had um, the group has more than ninety five thousand members as of Monday. Interestingly enough, I think when was this article written? This was January thirty first. I think that Facebook group has been taken down now. Um, if American truckers do not get vaccinated against COVID nineteen, they will not be allowed to cross the Canadian or Mexican borders. But, you know, illegals can, so that's fine. Canadian truckers made their way to Ottawa earlier in January and are currently in the capital city protesting mandates. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has left Ottawa because, you know, he's got COVID. Um, Which (laughs) was, what, damn near more than a week ago. So he must have the extended COVID. 
Anyway, although the date has not been set for the convoy to D.C., the Facebook group said the protest will begin soon. Now, I have heard that this protest is supposed to start in L.A. and then truck to to D.C. Now, rumor has it it's supposed to start this weekend in L.A. Now, does anybody know what happens this weekend in L.A.? The Super Bowl. Uh, my personal opinion is I think it would be crazy as interesting if you see these truck drivers start surrounding the uh, stadium in in L.A. come Friday or Saturday to uh, gather, so to speak, before they start out to uh, to uh, D.C. Because I think the Super Bowl, I mean, I could be wrong, but on a you know yearly basis, I would say the Super Bowl is probably the most televised sporting event on TV, if not the most televised event on TV, period. So it will be interesting to see if uh, if that does happen. So uh, here's an updated article. As plans for the convoy to protest the vaccine um, are being finalized, organizers publicly released a mission statement from the group. After being booted off of Facebook on February 1st, the group launched a new page on other platforms such as Telegram. Um, the mission statement was posted on February 2nd. Americans love our freedoms and love the Constitution of the United States of America. This convoy aims to bring back our freedoms, our civil liberties, and bring an end to all unconstitutional mandates. This is about our rights, as well as the freedom of future generations. It's not about political parties, but more so about the government that has forgotten its place and has no regard for our founding fathers' instructions the Constitution, the Telegram Post states. Additionally, following the freeze of the GoFundMe account has raised more than $10 million for the can, can, uh, Canada convoy and protest against vaccination mandates. The group emphatically stated they are not fun, fundraising for the convoy. We want to be very clear at this point. This, is, this group is not and has no funding accounts or donations link posted. We are not collecting donations. If that changes, it'll be posted here on our Facebook group. Please research who you are sending money to. And that's smart because you obviously have people that like to do shady shit, right? So that's smart for them to do that. But many people in Canada and probably in America and these other countries that are that are dealing with these convoys, and I'm talking about more along the lines of the ones that don't like it. And you could be thinking... Well, who in the hell wouldn't be on the side of these truckers? Well, in in all these countries, and I'm specifically talking about Canada because that's the biggest convoy that we hear about. Like I told you, there's been other countries, but nonetheless, everybody in this country, every single one of us in this country, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, you don't have any kind of political party affiliation, you don't give a shit about anybody but yourself, Every single person in this country depends on a trucker of some sort. I don't care who you are, what you do, um, barring you living off the grid in the middle of Timbuktu and you depend on no kind of infrastructure to live your life, which you don't, you're not hearing this because you wouldn't believe in electricity or computers or phones to listen to podcasts. <laughs> so I'm not worried about 
including you in this rhetoric. But every person in this country depends on truckers. Like I said, I don't care who you are, where you're from, if you voted for Joe, if you didn't vote for Joe, whatever. If you buy anything in this country, anything in this country, and I can even Joe Biden it for you for the liberals in the back, buy anything in this country, it's because of a trucker got it to wherever you got it from. What's going on in uh, Canada, you think we're having supply chain issues now? America, when we do things, we want to do things bigger and better. Well, if the thing in Canada, the convoy in Canada, was a Guinness Book record, you know, America's right now, these truck drivers are saying, hold my beer. You're about to see that times two, in my opinion. Um, you think supply chains are bad now? They're blocking bridges. These truck drivers are blocking bridges to Canada, from Canada, to Mexico, from Mexico. There's nothing coming in or out right now. Especially to these states that are being dickheads about this stuff. So these border states, California, New Mexico, Washington, Minnesota, you, these states that are being dicks about all this stuff, New York, um, you think your supply chain's bad now? Just wait. Wait till shit gets real, real bad. God forbid that when they start this American one, if the Canadian one keeps going, because they're talking about two to four years, they got the funding to chill. That means these truck drivers can afford to sit. So, but the interesting thing about it all is it's working. People can say, oh, you can protest. You know, we protest in this country all the time. It doesn't work. What was the last biggest protest we had in this country, right? Defund the police. The police are bad. Police are evil. We need to defund the police department. That shit ain't never going to happen. I mean, it obviously did somewhat happen. I think New York City, for example, is one of the biggest cities in the country, or not one of, is the biggest city in the country. And they, Mayor Dickhead Blasio, took what, I think it was $4 billion or $1 billion. It took, took a chunk of change out of funding for the police. We had a shit ton of cops quit. A lot of them came to Florida because Ronnie D was like, come down here, I'll give you a sign-in bonus and everything. And they did. And in the meantime, New York's crime is, hasn't been higher than this since when I think Dinkins was mayor. And you're talking about 35, 40 years ago. It's bad. And then their new mayor is can't worry about nothing else but eating vegan or whatever the fuck he was talking about yesterday, but whatever. Anyway, protests work. These types of, when you are when you have that kind of power, you think truck drivers are just dumbass rednecks that don't know any better, and that doesn't matter what country you're in, like in America, that's what you might think of truck drivers, cool, whatever, that's you, you do you. Um, these truck drivers are a vital lifeline to everything you do, eat, wear, whatever. And you think they're stupid? They know what they're doing. They know. They know their importance. Canadian provinces are beginning to back off of vaccine mandates amid, amid lingering freedom convoy protests. This is this morning out of Yahoo News. Some Canadian provinces announced they are rescinding their vaccine mandates as protesting Canadian truck drivers continue to block major arteries 
of the U.S.-Canada border and clogged the Canadian capital despite the, clo- uh, the crackdown from the Ottawa police. Alberta Premier Jason Kinney announced during a Tuesday evening press uh, briefing that the province's vaccine program, passport program, would end effectively midnight and that most of the province's health rules would be over within three weeks. That, folks, is progress. This convoy started, what, a week or so ago? Maybe 10 days ago? They're, they're getting shit done. Now, I, I, I don't want to be ignorant towards Canada because I'm not quite sure of the answer, but I think there's five, maybe six provinces in Canada. So two of them are changing. It won't be long before the rest of them do the same because they know. <laughs> it's only been a little more than a week, and they're like, shit, we can't keep on doing this. And and you've seen situation is in this country. That's why, you know, we scared the shit out of, you know, what, 30, 40% of this country initially with COVID. And then when the, you know, when the vaccines hit, we, oh, if you're old, if you got pre-existing conditions, if you have this or that, the other thing, we need to get you vaccinated. Facts, 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 facts. And like I've said, me and Chris have said plenty of times on this show, you know, you do you, see a doctor, but Try and be healthy. If you were healthy, if you were a little more healthy, if you ate a little bit better, maybe got a little bit more exercise, especially people that were, you know, sedentary, they don't they don't do any physical work. They sit at a desk all day or they work from home. And then that made it worse when we forced people to work at home, you know. But nonetheless, those things really hurt us more than helped us, in my opinion. I talked about it on I think it was Friday show where I told you that John Hopkins did a research on the lockdowns and 0.2%, 0.2% didn't make a difference, folks. 0.2 ain't shit. I think it probably killed more people than it helped. All right. Next story of the day. I'm going to touch here. I'm going to touch Joe, uh, <laughs> Joe Biden. No, he would like that. I'm going to touch on Joe Rogan. Now, a lot of stuff about Joe Rogan. Obviously, it started, what, about a month or so ago when he had the Dr. Malone on there talking about the vaccines and RNA MNA and da-da-da, whatever. And then maybe even started a little before then when he got COVID and was like, I took, you know, this cocktail of whatever, and ivermectin, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of steamrolled from there. Now, there was a video that came out the other day about uh, someone made a, a compilation of him saying the n-word um then he of course came out and apologized i'm sorry i shouldn't have done it it was 12 years ago blah 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 and of course you have all these celebrities bashing them and now (laughs) which is crazy because this isn't 20 30 40 years ago when like if if i was a famous you know actor in 1980 and i you know, was whatever. And then, but 10 years earlier, I had happened to say something. There's no, there might not be any record of it other than someone heard me say something. Nowadays, everything's on record. Everything's on audio. Everything's on video. I mean, they're pulling up videos of Stern, Howard Stern, which is one of Joe Rogan's biggest, you know, you know, he needs to go away. He needs to go this and he needs to do that. And he's dropping the N word like it's, you know, natural vocabulary for him on top of dressed in blackface but everyone ignores that joe and joe rogan i'm like i'm not trying to defend joe rogan like i said i maybe listened to a show once or twice 
just not my cup of tea, that's fine. I'm not bashing Joe Rogan. Obviously, he's knows what the hell he's doing, right? He's got enough people listening to him. Um, but I think when you start apologizing for shit you did 10, 12 years ago, and it's not even like he like he was at a fucking Klan rally and talking about, you know, hanging this and burning that and doing this and doing that. He was having a conversation where he used the N-word and he didn't even hard art, you know. Um, and then, you know, we're told, we uh, white people are told, you can't use that word. Okay. I've seen on Twitter and I've seen on TikTok, there's been a ton of black folks that are like, I don't even care what Joe Rogan said. More white people, more old liberals are offended by what Joe Rogan said than the people that should be offended are. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like we're being told that someone here is racist by white people that are probably as racist, if not more so, than Joe Rogan. I don't even think Joe Rogan's racist. He said what he said. There's people that said it worse. There's people that are criticizing him that said it worse and hard it. The video I saw of Stern, he was hard on it. I mean, he was doing a, a skit or whatever, but who cares? They don't even do that shit on damn Saturday Night Live or haven't done it on Saturday Night Live. Where I have a problem with Joe Rogan is this. So the other day he came out and apologized. Oh, you know, I shouldn't have said it. It was 12 years ago, blah, blah, blah. But then he, someone pulls this clip. This was from a few years back. And you made a really good point. You said, the thing is, if you censor yourself just... One percent. You say, I'll just censor myself one percent. That's what they want. I'm going to make them happy. And then they're just going to keep moving it. They're just going to keep moving it forward. Moving, moving the goalposts. Moving the goalposts and providing you with more money and giving you more things, but keep moving it in a certain direction. And if you keep giving into it, they're going to have a hold of you and they can control you. So, I mean, that's Joe Rogan saying what he said. That was a few years back. I don't know if it was before he signed his Spotify deal or, or not, but he said it himself. You're going to keep on censoring yourself, keep on censoring. They're going to throw more money at you. They're going to keep on censoring you. Well, that's where you're at, Joe. That's where you're at. You know, when you, I would assume, I mean, Joe Rogan has been famous for a while, right? It's not like, it's not like this podcast that he does made him famous, right? If anything, his podcast became famous because he was Joe Rogan, right? He used to, or he was, you know, he's a comedian, he used to be on a TV show, you know, a while back. I think it was called News Radio. He has been doing, um, I was going to say NRA, but not uh, the, uh, shit, I can't even think what it's called, the MMA, the fighting, the Dana White stuff. I, I don't watch it, so <laughs> pardon my ignorance, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, UFC, there you go. UFC has been doing that for, God, what, 20 years maybe, give or take? I mean, he's been Joe Rogan famous for a while. If anything, his podcast is famous because he's Joe Rogan, right? But here you are apologizing for something you said 12, 13, however long ago it was. They're just going to keep coming after you. They're going to dig up something else that you said. They're going to dig it. I mean, it came out what he he's deleted uh, 70. I've, I've heard 70. I've heard 100 different episodes. First it came out that Spotify did it, and then Spotify's CEO or whoever come out and said, no, that was Joe. Joe deleted those. So now you're going to have someone come out and say, oh, Joe Rogan's deleting episodes because of he said this. 
He said something about gays. He said something about women. He said something about Hispanics. He said, you know, it's going to be something. There's always something. And like I said, someone's always taping something. So even though he may have deleted whatever, guarantee us someone's got a copy of it. But I came across this thing on Twitter, and this is interesting. This is from a gentleman named, I, I don't know who he is. He's, he's a blue check mark, so obviously he's someone of some consequence. His name's Hotep Jesus. Like I said, no disrespect to him. I do not know who he is, but he makes a very good point right here. Want to know how distractions affect the black community? While everybody's worried about one Joe, the other Joe put $30 million towards crack pipes, specifically for the black community. Is this what you voted for? I mean, is it? <laughs> Interesting question, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I want to play one more clip and then I'm going to read a story, story from Newsweek. This is Senator John Kennedy out of Louisiana. The Biden administration, just they just keep on rocking it in the free world. I mean, every single day reality calls and the Biden administration just hangs up. Um, I don't think when moms and dads lie down at night in America and can't sleep, they're worried about clean injection sites and sterile crack pipes. The issue, Mr. President, is crime. The issue, Mr. President, is how to stop it, not how to encourage it. Now, why has crime gone up? I know it's complicated, but I'll tell you a big reason. Um, wokeism now runs in the Democratic family. It practically gallops. And most, not all, but most of our large urban areas are run by woke Democrats. And wokers believe that the criminal is a victim. Wokers believe that when a criminal commits a crime, it's not the criminal's fault. It's the fault of an unfair world. And wokers believe that punishment and prisons and cops just make things worse. And the American people don't believe that. And unless you have the IQ of a garden pest, you know you cannot order a civilized society based on that worldview. And that's the problem that we have. So a lot of you guys might be wondering what the hell they're talking about. Well, I think the one gentleman put it best when he's saying while one person, while one, while we're worried about one Joe talking about Rogan, the other Joe is up to this talking about crack pipes and these safe injection sites, these things in the inner city. Now there are already some cities. I know um, San Francisco does it. I, I, I don't know if Seattle does or not, but there's already cities in this country that are doing this. Well, now you're going to be federally funded which means your tax dollars go towards these programs. Now, this article here is out of Newsweek. This was this morning. Why the Biden administration is handing out free crack pipes. Well, uh, the Biden administration drugs are... Um, <laughs> Now, so the Biden administration will provide grant funding to pay for the distribution of safe smoking kits as a part of efforts to reduce harm from substance abuse over the next three years. 
A number of conservative news uh, outlets reported in recent days that the administration would fund the distribution of crack pipes for drug users as part of a push to advance racial equality. However, safe smoking kits are just one piece of the equipment on the list of 20 items by uh, HHS outlined on the grant application for its harm reduction programs. I love how they just skirt past that. The motherfuckers called a safe smoking kit. But that's just one piece of the equipment. There's 20 other items in there. It's called a safe smoking kit. What are you smoking? What what are you smoking safely? Period. We have cigarettes are going to kill you. Crack's going to kill you. Meth's going to kill you. Heroin's going to kill you. What are you smoking safely? What does that even mean? What does it all mean, Basil? I mean, right? What does it mean? The primary purpose of the program is to reduce the risk of infection among drug users. So how about we just eliminate... (laughs) Here's an idea. Build the fucking wall. Close down the motherfucking border. Get our troops down there. Right? Let's do that. Maybe we can eliminate some of those drugs coming into this country. But I digress. I'll read on. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, (laughs) as part of the HSS, issued a notice of funding for the 22 Harm Reduction Program Grant on December 8th of 21. The deadline for applications was February 7th, which may explain why it has been subject to recent reports. The 75-page application, which is still available to read online, explains that eligible applicants for the grant include state, local, and tribal governments, as well as tribal organizations and community-based organizations, among others. The purpose of this program is to support community-based overdose prevention programs by letting them smoke as much as they want. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Don't say that. (laughs) I'm just reading this, and the, the stupidity of the report and how they're trying to justify these safe smoking kits. It blows my fucking mind. The purpose of the program is to support community-based overdose prevention programs, syringe service programs, and other harm reduction service, the document says. So what does that mean? So uh, community-based overdose prevention. So we're going to try and prevent overdoses by giving them a safe place to inject their drugs, smoke their drugs, whatever with their drugs, right? Um, what are you going to do? Okay, that's enough. You've, you've gotten two uh, hot shots in your arm of the, uh, the crack cocaine there, buddy. We, we, you know, we stop at two. You have to come back tomorrow to get your other two. Uh, but here's a clean needle so you don't get HIV. I mean, what's the point? I don't, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't get it. Here's a clean, clean, uh, uh, Hunter Biden certified crack pipe for you, uh, sir, um, to uh, smoke your crack cocaine. This is uh, approved by one Hunter uh, J. Biden. <laughs> it, the idiocracy in this whole thing is astounding. Nancy uh, Reagan is spinning in her grave. What happened to just say no? They're saying just say yes as long as you do it at the safe injection sites, right? The funding will be used to prevent activities to help control the spread of infectious disease and the consequences of such diseases for individuals with <laughs> risk or depending substance. So we're worried about them getting an infectious disease more so than, you know, smoking crack. That's not an infectious disease. 
smoking the crack and doing the the coke and snorting this and shooting that that's not the that's not the infectious disease we're worried about you getting like some kind of std or hep c or whatever from the dirty needles <laughs> one of the requirements for receiving uh, the grant funding is to purchase equipment and supplies to enhance harm reduction efforts these include smoke safing kits supplies that have been the focus of some recent articles regarding crack pipes other items on the list were infectious disease testing kits, safe sex kits, including PREP resources and condoms, <laughs> syringes to help control the spread of infectious diseases, and screening for infectious diseases. Though the overall purpose of the program is harm reduction and not racial equality, Applicants who are granted funding will be expected to develop a behavioral health disparity impact statement no later than 60 days after the funding is rewarded. One part of the impact statement is showing the number of people who will be serving during the grant period and identified under resource populations as racial, sexual, gender, and ethnic minority groups. Hmm, but I thought it's not about race. The priority populations for this program were underserved communities that are greatly impacted by SUD, substance use disorders, the HHS document said, and went on to say that undeserved communities are defined by Executive Order 13985. This is a very long article. I'm going to go ahead and place it. Well, let me see. How much longer is it? Yeah, go ahead and read it. It's not that much longer. The executive order issued on January 20th, the day that dipshit was inaugurated, by President Dipshit McGee, said the federal government should pursue a comprehensive approach to advancing equity for all, including smoking crack in a safe place. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Including people of color and others who have been historically underserved, marginalized, and adversely affected by persistent poverty and equity. The HHS document estimated that a total of just over $29 million in funding would be available for over a three-year period. So, in other words... So he signed an, an executive order saying that um, the government should pursue comprehensive approach advancing equity for all, including people of color, blah, blah, blah. By that, they're going to grant $30 million to inner city drug prevention things by giving people a place to smoke, what to smoke, how to smoke, when to smoke, or shoot up, or whatever else. I mean, if that's not... <laughs> In other words... Everyone that lives in the inner city that is of color must smoke crack, but at least we're going to give them a place to do it safely because at least the white people that live in the city that smoke crack and do heroin or whatever, they can afford a place to live. Is this a, is this a Biden moment where he says uh, black people are too stupid to use the internet or something like that? I, I, I don't know. I mean... It's offending me reading this article as a white man, and I've never done, you know, crack or uh, smoke crack, shot crack, heroin, or anything else like that. That this to me doesn't make any sense. We're we're gonna enable people to continue drug use as long as they do it safely and are where we say we can. Eh, whatever. All right. All right, on to the last subject of the day. And I am going to call it gay. No. Um, so it's interesting. We have the um, 
the situation in China. I'm sorry, it's not a situation, it's the Olympics. <laughs> so, um, let me find it real quick. Where is it at? Where is it at? Here it is. All right, so um, Representative Mike Waltz out of the free state of Florida, um, him along the lines with, uh, there was another, the Masilla uh, basketball player named Enos Freedom, um, and then a group, I can't think of the group offhand, but they did an ad for uh, that they wanted to place on NBC. That's who's doing the Olympics. And, of course, they got taken down. But I'm going to go ahead and play it for you. So uh, here it is. Listen to this real quick. The world's greatest athletic showcase. But just outside the show, rape, genocide, slave labor. American companies are drunk on Chinese dollars, entangled with communist dictators committing atrocities and propping up these genocide games staged by the Chinese Communist Party. And what can we do? Stand for freedom. Defund the dictators. When you see made in China, put it down. Servant Leadership Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. All right. So you had, um, you know, you heard what he said. I wasn't listening, so I, just tell me what he said. No. It's interesting because GOP rep Mike Walt, uh, Waltz uh, did that ad along with... Uh, Epps Freeman and that the group there, NBC refused to air the the because you know of course they're being critical of China. Um. So former he he's a former Green Beret Green Beret well known critic of China purchased the ad titled Genocide Games through his campaign. The thirty second ad uh, calls out China's long history of human rights abuse and slams the U.S. businesses for doing business with the communist country. Now, I think when I first saw this story the other day, NBC's reason for not allowing the um, the commercial was because he called out. I, I don't believe he says it, but like on the video, he you see Nike and um, Coca-Cola. I don't remember all the companies. Or it was like six, seven companies that are sponsoring the Olympics, at least from an American standpoint. And he's right, you know, he took aim at the IOC for allowing notorious human rights abuser like China to, to fund the to uh, host the games. He says, uh, this is the equivalent of holding the games in Germany in the 1940s or Rwanda and their atrocities. Waltz told the New York Post, it is beyond the pale of the IOC didn't move the games. Well, my question was this initially, why did they even get the games? They just had the Beijing Olympics, the Summer Olympics in Beijing what, 10 years ago, I think it was? Not even? Now, it's not unforeseen for a country to have multiple Olympics. I mean, we've had Olympics in this country close to each other. Like we had, I don't know all the years, but I know you might have the Summer Olympics in Atlanta, and then maybe eight years later or whatever, you have the Winter Games in you know New York or uh, Utah or wherever. That's, I, it's different. This is literally like having... The winter, the Summer Olympics in Atlanta, and then five years later, later having the Winter Olympics in Atlanta. Beijing is in really a winter city. Like they've had to make snow. They've had to, you know, looking at some of the places that they're doing these events, it's like they're not even natural. Even you know, like when you in some of these countries, you've had um, Winter Olympics, and there's mountains, and there's snow, and there's this, and they're not. They're making shit up. They're making ramps. They're making hills whatever anyway his point is the company specified the target and commercial 
uh, doing business with China are Visa, Coke, Nike, Intel, Procter and Gamble. Which interesting enough, a lot of these companies just a few years ago were the ones going after this country, America, for being systemically racist and calling for change and justice. I mean, it's just interesting how the hypocrisy of the wokeness that Senator Kennedy was talking about of this country and how quickly we are to be woke over certain situations, but when it comes to other countries, we are not woke, right? Why is that? So I started thinking about this. So at the end of that commercial, he says, if it says China, put it back or put it down or whatever, right? If it says made in China, put it down. Well, how easy, how easy is that? Okay. How, um, or even better yet, why is that? So a quick, quick overview, real quick. So the U.S. imports the top, well, I don't even need to go through the top U.S. imports from China. That's obsolete. But the fact of the matter is that we import 42% of our goods out of China. So 42% of the things that come into this country come here from China. Because I was thinking, I was like, it seems like everything you pick up, (laughs) and I guess I'm not wrong, it's at least half of the shit you probably grab is made in China. Toys for your kids, clothes. It's it's very hard to do that. So my question was why? Why why, why do we even deal with China? Why have we ever dealt with China? So it started back in the late 1800s on a foggy morning much like today was now. So there was a policy that was created, and it was the uh, open-door policy. This was under President William McKinley. So it was a major statement of the U.S. State, United States foreign policy issued in 1899 intended to protect the rights of all countries to trade equally with China and confirming multinational acknowledgement of China's administration or administrative and territorial sovereignty. Proposed by Secretary of State John Hay and supported by William McKinley, the Open Door Policy formed a foundation of U.S. foreign policy in East Asia for more than 40 years. So the Open Door Policy was a proposal put forth by the United States in 1899 intended to ensure all countries would be allowed to trade freely with China and was circulated among Great Britain, China, uh, German, Germany, France, Italy, Japan, and Russia by the U.S. Secretary, though it was never formally ratified as a treaty, the Open Door Policy shaped U.S. foreign policy in Asia for decades. So that kind of started it. Now, I would also say back in 1899, whether China was up to the things that China's up to nowadays or not, that was a long time ago and it's very hard to know what countries were up to, right? Now to say that they had slave labor and stuff. We don't know. I'm sure they did. But um, nonetheless, it wasn't really until President Nixon kind of got that ball rolling as far as officially dealing with China. So, you know, if you look at the tags on your clothes, your backpacks, you see where they're made. You know, think about your kids' toys. 
hell, this microphone I'm talking on, I would assume my computer, <laughs> you know, I don't know my computer, but I mean, a lot of this shit is made in China, right? And I'm not talking about Japan and Vietnam. There's obviously, we get shit from other countries. It's 42% that comes from China, but there's a lot of stuff that we make, that we have that's made in China. Um, there's a, there's a chance it was made in China today. The U S has an open trade policy with China, which means goods are traded freely between the two countries, but it wasn't always this way on February 21st, 1972, uh, president Nixon arrived in China for an official tri uh, trip. He was the first U S president to visit the people's Republic of China since it was established in 1949. This was an important event because the U S was seeking to improve relations with the communist country during the cold war. Um, so what do you think they discussed on his visit to China? Nixon met with Ch uh, Chinese premier Zhao Enil in Lao. The two leaders agreed to expand cultural context between their two nations. Nixon also established plans for a permanent U S trade mission in China. The U S has become, uh, had become first interested in having a political and economic ties with China in the 19th century. Then Japan attacked and blah, blah, blah. So, okay, I think trade with a country, any country, isn't a bad thing. My question is this. So, he was the first president to um, go there since 1949. He was the first president since the People's Republic of China, blah, 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 right? Well, the thing is, is obviously China's been around more than <laughs> 70 years, right? Um, that that was the key, the People's Republic of China, right? Uh, if you guys have been listening to the the three part series I did, obviously China's been around for a very long time, right? <laughs> Genghis Khan, for for example. But 1949, it became a communist nation. So during this same time, we were having issues with Russia. So this was shortly after World War II. Now, some people might be thinking, well, we were allies with Russia during World War II. Well, yeah, but it was kind of a situation where the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and that's what Russia was. They were the enemy of our enemy, so we were friends. But as soon as World War II was over, that friendship ended because um, Russia was still communist at that time. And then we came to be, you know, the Cold War kind of started about the same time in 19, you know, late 40s, early 50s. But we also had issues going into the 50s with Korea and then into the 60s with Vietnam. And who was funding those issues? Who was funding North Korea? Who was uh, funding the Viet Cong? It was China. But yet we continued to, to praise China and trade with China and do all this stuff in the meantime we hated Russia, which, okay, hate Russia, that's cool, but hate fucking China too, <laughs> right? Why, why? What does China have that's so great, right? What I don't understand is it's easy to say, oh, it's made in China, don't buy it. I personally, now granted, I'm sure I've got a lot of shit in this house that's made in China, but I, I'm going to make this one statement for sure. I'm going to start really trying to pay attention to those things. And if that means I've got to stop wearing Nikes, then so be it. If I got to figure out, I mean, the problem is, is most, most sneakers, I don't care what brand you wear. They're made in China. Even if I say, fuck it, I'll just buy Walmart sneakers. Chances are they're made in China too. 
So, I mean, it's kind of a situation. Unless I start cobbling my own shoes in the freaking, in my room here, you don't have much choice. But my point is, is we, we attack Russia. We hate Russia so much because they're communists. We hated Cuba so much because they're communists. We hate other countries that are communists. But China, we trade with. 42% of the stuff that we import in from this country is from China. But we, I think it was 2018 was the numbers I could find, the most recent numbers. But we imported over $500 million, no, $500 billion worth of goods from China. That's a lot of shit, right? Do you know how much we export it to China? A fourth of that. So here's my problem. If we're going to have fair and open trade with any country, okay, I don't care who it is. If you want to be openly trading with China, cool. Then it's got to be fair. If we're going to import X amount of dollars from China, then we need to be able to import X amount of dollars to China. Do you know there's a lot of goods, American goods, that are not allowed to be sold in China? And why is that? It's because it's American goods. Now, they, they import food from us and, you know, you know, vegetables, whatever. But go to China and try and buy a pair of Levi's or even buy a pair of Nikes that are made in China. You're not going to be able to buy them because they're American company. It's, they don't want that idea of American freedom in their country. So you're definitely not going to buy their goods. So, for example, back in uh, the early 90s, right, we had this little thing with... Uh, with Iraq, and we were going against uh, old, uh, when, uh, fucking A, what the hell, I always do this, I forget his name, <laughs> I, fucking Saddam Hussein, I do not know why I can never think of his name anyway, but when he was going into Kuwait, okay, and we had Desert Storm and all that stuff, you know, blah, 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 uh, the troops that were in country literally you could sell a pair of Levi's to these people for hundreds of dollars. They wanted anything American. So you you ask the question, or you might pose the questions, well, we get stuff from China, Vietnam, Japan, whatever, because it's cheap. Because, unfortunately, they don't pay their people to build these items, to make these items what we would pay people in this country to buy or to make those items, right? Okay, cool. But if we exported, okay, so if Nikes, for example, or hell, even Levi's nowadays, I don't even think are made in America anymore. But nonetheless, if we made that stuff here, right, you'd have people with good paying jobs, employed, there's your your actual creation of jobs there, Joseph, not your uh, 6.6, uh, I've got 60% of the people that lost their jobs from the uh, pandemic back to work. This would actually be created jobs. But, and yeah, those Levi's might be a little bit more expensive than they are now. But maybe, just maybe, God forbid, the companies, the CEOs and the people that run these places, maybe instead of making you know, 50 billion in profit this year, we made 40 billion in profit. <laughs> God forbid, right? Anyway, um, but export it more of this shit. 
to these countries that crave American goods. Go to another country. I'm not all not all countries, but go to certain countries. They love American products because it's American. We don't see it like that because we live here. It's like well, it's American. We we take being an American for granted on a daily basis, right? And that's a true statement. But there's other countries that thrive on that. Um, so we would be able to export Levi's and Nikes and whatever other good old boy American shit that you could think of to these other countries. You could make your money back. In the meantime, we wouldn't have to be funding China. Because that's what we're doing by doing these things. And it's, it's been an ongoing thing. You know, you had uh, Clinton sign a China trade bull, bill into law back in 2006. So, you know, when he did that, it's an, it was a historic bill at the time, granting permanent normal trade relations with China. Now, this was in 06, so the, the initial thing was in 72. This was 30 years later. And then Obama doubled down. It's it's never-ending cycle of, of us complaining. We complain about China, but no one's willing to do anything about it. Well, I should rephrase that. We actually had someone that wanted to do something about it, but no. You guys got offended by his mean tweets, and we had to get him out of office. Now, if you recall, when Trump was first elected, he wanted to raise tariffs. He wanted, and everyone thought, oh, if he raises tariffs, that's just going to make things more expensive. No, the idea behind, between, uh, behind him wanting to raise the tariffs was to get the companies that were American companies. The tariffs were based behind, say, Nike, for example. A Nike is an American company. Levi's are an American company. You know, whoever else you want to put there that has their shit made in China. Those are American companies that employ iPhones. Or I'm just, pop, names are popping in my head, Apple. Right, these are American companies that sell a shit ton of stuff in this country, but they outsource their uh, manufacturing to China. Why? Well, because you can buy an iPhone for a thousand dollars, right? But they are going to pay some Uyghur in China a nickel to build the damn thing and then ship it over here. So between building, between the materials, building it and shipping it, you might spend. You know, Apple might spend. 100 bucks, let's say, per phone, but then they're selling it for $1,200, $1,300. Why in the hell do you think you can buy older model iPhones for dirt cheap? It's because they, <laughs> they, they've made their money on it. You know, if, if they, oh, we got the new iPhone, or we got the iPhone 10s that are still great phones, um, buy yours for $200. Oh, shit, you know, a couple of years ago, they were $1,000. Well, if you're buying it for two, they're probably still making $100 profit on it. I don't give a shit. Not to mention the 5 million iPhone 10s they sold a few years ago that they made a $1,000 profit on each one. Point being is, if those iPhones were made here, yeah, the com the company might not make as much profit. And that's basically what it boils down to. The, the situations that we deal with in this country have nothing to do with me or you, the consumer. It has to do with the the uh, CEOs, the uh, the market shares, the uh, the board, you know, the people that hold stocks and bonds and the you know 
the Times Square, or not Times Square, but <laughs> Wall Street, you know, those things. That's who runs this country. We can sit here and cry all day long about China and getting shit. Uh, whatever. I mean, I even, I even saw a story where there's companies in this country that we grow vegetables in this country, right? So we grow string beans, corn, whatever. And then in Nebraska, in parts of the country, they pick the crops, okay? They gather the crops. They package the crops. Then they send the crops to China, right, to be processed and canned and then sent back to us, which two things about that makes absolutely no sense. You mean to tell me it's cheaper for Farmer Joe to pick his string beans, package them, send them to China, have them processed and canned in China and send them back than it would be to do that here? I can't even imagine it's that much cheaper. I mean, you can't be saving that much money. But not only that, you're you're spending that kind of money to do that. Or maybe you're not spending any money. You might be making an extra nickel per can. I don't know. But in the meantime, we're putting our food supply in control of another country. Who's to say China doesn't say, we're just going to go ahead and keep these string beans. Fuck y'all. Oh, well, we know you sent us, you know, a million pounds of string beans. We're going to send you back uh, half a million pounds of string bean cans. But we sent you a million. Yeah, we took a little off the top. I mean, in what world does that make any fucking sense? We need to get out of these other countries that hate us. We need to quit dealing. And I'm not even just talking about China. I'm talking about China. I'm talking about Russia. I'm talking about Middle East. I'm talking about all these countries. We got to quit depending on other countries to fuel us, to feed us, to clothe us, to make our automobiles. And we need to worry about us. U.S. We need to worry about us. Okay. All right, guys. I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. Uh, one other thing real quick. One other quick. One, one, I, I'm sorry. I, I meant to talk about this. Hold on. Where is it at? Where you at? There you all. You know what else is made in China that we take every day? Me, you, the person next door. Right? What do you take every day? More than likely. More than likely. Everyone listening to this takes, takes this every day. You take medicine. Right? Um, and that's it. I just want to point that out now. <laughs> so let me find it real quick. I had it. I had it and I lost it. <laughs> okay, here you go. So um, last year, manufacturing of intermediate or finished goods in China, as well as pharmaceutical source material, accounted for 95% of U.S. imports of ibuprofen. 95% of the ibuprofen you take is made in China. 91% of hydro, uh, hydrocortisone is made in China. 70% of acetaminophen is made in China. 40 to 45% of penicillin. Heparin. Made in China. And 80% of the supply of antibiotics that we use in this country. Made in China. China. Also, supplements. So, a lot of the stuff you guys might buy at GNC. 
at Walmart when you buy, you know, whatever you might use for the gym. It's made in China. But you know what's not made in China? Redcon1.com. Check them out. Use the link at the bottom of the podcast app. And uh, use promo code T20Cordums. Because you know what? That shit's made here in Florida. Florida, eh? Florida-based company. Florida-based product. Made here in the U.S. of A. Redcon1.com. Check them out, guys. But I'm being serious about those other numbers. Those are dead numbers. Those are serious numbers. So when you're buying your aspirin, when you're buying your ibuprofen, when you're buying, especially the things you buy OTC, over-the-counter, check the label. See where the country of origin is. It won't kill you. If, if the store brand acetaminophen is made in China, well, then fuck it. Go ahead and buy the Tylenol. Spend the extra dollar or two. I mean, it's not going to hurt you that much as much as we, <laughs> we're letting a... Con- this is going to... I'm getting a little fired up. Okay, here we go. We're letting a communist country who hates us, by the way, control our medicine. What? That'd be like, back to uh, Mike Waltz there, that'd be like saying, so we're going to let Hitler make our food and our medicine. Cool. It's cheaper, so whatever. (laughs) It doesn't make sense, guys. We've got to quit worrying about the profits in this country because guarantee you Tylenol, and I'm not saying Tylenol is made there. It didn't specify. It just said ibuprofen and acetaminophen. I don't know if that's whatever, but point being is, how much money do these com- companies make that they can't stand to make that shit here? It, it just, I don't know. I know one thing I've got to do better at is checking labels myself because I'm quick to, I'm stuck on a brand and that's what I use and just buying it. I've got to start looking at the labels. Now, I'm not going to be ignorant and whatever I have in the house, I'm not going to throw it away. I've already purchased it. So what point does that make? Why am I, <laughs> why am I going to buy something from Walmart Oh, shit. Yeah, look at that. I'm right. Well, this was made in China. Oh, well, I'm throwing it away. That serves no purpose because I've already purchased it. So I might as well use the product. Just know next time not to buy that same product. Um, it reminds me of back, I was watching the movie a while back, the Straight Outta Compton, right? The NWA story. And uh, there was a part where the people were burning their tapes and CDs and the records or running them over with a steamroller or whatever. And Someone asked Ice Cube, but doesn't that upset you? I don't give a shit. They bought the record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead and throw all your aspirin and all your pills away. They don't care. You already bought it. So, anyway. All right, guys. Quick little note on Friday's show. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a show for ages. So, please, if you're not already subscribed and following this podcast on whatever uh, podcast app you're listening to this on, you need to do so now. So while you're listening to this, maybe scroll up, hit the subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything. You're just going to get the shows. You're going to be get. You're going to get alerts saying, "Hey, uh, Don't Tread on America is available for you today." I try to stay, stay consistent with the Monday or Sunday, Mon- uh, Sunday, Wednesday, thir- uh, Friday shows. So you guys might know that. But if you subscribe, that way you'll get the alert. And if you're listening to this on Apple device, if you could please give me a five star. And like I've said, said it before, please share this with your friends. But I'm here to tell you right now, Friday's going to be a doozy. I'm not going to tell you what we're talking about. Chris will be in studio, um, in the DTOM studios here. And uh, we, <laughs> we've got some subjects to talk about. So it's going to be a good show, guys. Uh, I will hope that you uh, will join us. And uh, 
With that being said, it is February 9th, 2022, and I will talk to you guys again on Friday. Have a great day.